Welcome back to a normal episode of the Time Sync Podcast. I'm co-host Amaldeep. I'm co-host Hamza. There's no third person. <laughs> Dang, it's kind of sad when you say it like that. It is kind of sad when I say it like that, yeah. So, tiny bit of follow-up on the Tao versus Pi thing again. Because I finally found it. I found the thing that we said it had to exist. The 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 one thing where pi is better than tau, and that you will use to justify pi. I know you will forever. It's rega- it's connected to the area of the unit circle. Yeah. So the area of a unit circle, which is basically a circle with radius one, is pi. If you use pi, it's pi. Pi r squared. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so pi r squared, r is 1, so it's just pi. But if you use tau, it's half a tau. Which means half a circle will have half pi area, quarter of a circle will have a quarter pi area. But then for tau, you'd have a f- half a circle would be a quarter tau, and then a, ha- a quarter of a circle would be like an eighth tau. So that's it. This is the one that I was able to find. I was like, yeah, it sucks that that's a consequence of using tau. Still don't think it outbalances the re- other stuff, but... It's there. You, you know, it's interesting that you brought that up because when I was looking at the whole tau versus pi debate thing, um, there's a really good video by Numberphile also on this. Well, it's, it's like a joke video where there's a guy who's like, for tau, there's a guy, Matt Parker, right, for, for pi. And uh, they just kind of say... Is it, uh, who's the tau guy? Is it Steve Mould? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I know I know Steve Mould's like super heavy. Like Matt Parker and Steve Mould, are, they're close. They work together a lot. And they constantly joke about how one loves pi and one loves tau yeah yeah so so you know they were, they were kind of joking like oh tau is better because it has a t it's like funny names right but they also had like important impo- interesting concepts and so um i'm not sure which one brought it up but one of them said like you said the area of a unit circle um and you know matt parker's like oh so, so look how beautiful that is it's just pi so nice so simple and then but steve's like wait a minute hang on a second like even though okay pi is nice um what he claims is that you're missing something when you don't know, like, there's a one-half there. Um, and he claimed that, you know, if you use integration on a circle to find out the area of the circle, um, you get that one-half out. You get that one-half tau. Um, but if you don't, like, if, if you use integration and you get pi out, then you don't have that You don't have that one-half anymore. So you don't know how you got that. So he's claiming that just because you, you see that one-half factor, you know that it's been integrated. And I was like, it's <laughs> kind of a stretch. A pretty strong stretch. Yeah, but that's uh, you know another thing that Mount Parker said, which I don't I don't really know because I'm not really you know in this field. But he said like engineers, they use the diameter to measure you know I guess circular objects rather than using the radius. Like how are you gonna measure the radius of a circle, right? In the field. That's true. You have to like get the precise center or something. It's like not too much work. Yeah. So in that case, using pi is just I mean it's perfect. Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna have, you're gonna have to divide it by two and then use tau. That's a little. That's already too many steps. Isn't there a thing that exists that's like, I forget what it's called, but it's like, it's, it's designed so that if you measure something's diameter, like it, it's a tape measure essentially, but it's marked in, it's calculated and marked in such a way that if you measure something's diameter, the tape measure reading will give you its circumference. Oh, wow. Cool. But I feel like it's a pretty clever, useful thing to have. Like if you're like, oh, I need to know what the circumference of this object is, but for some reason I can't get the tape measure to go around it. Especially for you know most tape measures are like that stiff kind of thing, so you just measure the diameter and then boom, 
You just look at the type measure and you know that this is the circumference. Yeah, that's pretty useful. Also, we're talking about this, how this pie and tapping. It's it's you know it's for the most part completely useless. It doesn't really matter, right? But I still believe that we could, as a society, shift over from pi to tau. Like it's possible. Right? Then there's like other people who argue like we should switch from a base ten system to like a base twelve oh, math yeah, system. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way humans will ever be able to switch over to that. This is, it's impossible Whoa, wait, to get. Hang on a second, because wasn't did you, you told me yourself like, weren't like the like what is it the Babylonians or something that were base sixteen or something like that? Sixty, yeah. Sixty. Okay, so. Like that means in that means in history some civilization had base sixty, so I mean, it's possible, right? It's possible when like you are a single nation or a territory that uses it, and someone bigger and with a stronger army comes over and forces you to go otherwise. Yes. So unless aliens come to Earth and demand we use base twelve, then sure. No, no. Like if if there was one civilization ruling all of the world, which is it happened in history, right? Or sort of well okay okay like like really big amounts of nations ruled everything right like uh they they own lots of land like it's it's possible that that land will then will then just say you got to use base two thousand like it's got to go with it now and become standard I guess yeah in that case I just don't imagine that happening like a country being able to take over large swaths of land anymore it's not oh it doesn't seem like a thing that happens anymore whoa dude his that's like it's it's super recent in history like maybe like a hundred years that that hasn't happened like <laughs> right yes, that's true like i don't know i just don't expect that to be the thing that they fight for no no they're not they're not going to fight for that but i just feel like because most humans especially most in this modern technological era like the countries are in the technological era they use base 10 so when a nation decides to take over the world they're going to be base 10 people who aren't, who aren't they're gonna be like, all right, we're going to switch everybody, including ourselves, to base 12. It would have to be like some third party that no one saw coming that's been using base 12 already that suddenly grows in power exponentially. No, no, no. And no, decides no, no, no to... You're thinking... No, I'm thinking very simply, okay? Like, there's a big, big boy company or company, a big boy country that starts taking over other nations. Gets bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and bigger. And... Once they get really big, they're like, they're just within themselves. They decide, you know what, ten is nice, but how about base eleven would be really great, because whatever reason, it wouldn't be okay. Whatever, <laughs> and then be, because they decide that, they decide, okay, now nah, this is gonna be the standard. I can, I can totally see that happening. Like people, like countries make laws like this all the time, right? That's how they make, that's how you have the metric system versus the imperial system, and et cetera, et cetera. Why, like USA uses the imperial system? Well, I guess they still use metric like in scientific stuff, but they, you know, it's an imperial kind of place. It's kind of like, why would, it just seems weird that one country uses that versus the rest of the world. But they do. I can see it happening is what I'm saying. I can't, I cannot even imagine it happening. Like, like I said, five versus tower, I can see it happening. Like, enough people care and believe it's better, so they switch over. And that spreads slowly over time. I can see that happening. I just can't imagine a, a, something as basic and like low level. As the way our counting system is represented, being able to change. I can see it happening easily. Languages have gotten changed. That's like super basic, but that's 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 changed easily. Well, that's because languages change on their own. You just you leave a language alone long enough, it changes on its own. Okay, well, even by its own. Math like, doesn't typically do that. <laughs> typically, that doesn't mean it doesn't have to, right? I'm I'm not talking about like the. I don't even know. I don't even know if it ever has, honestly. 
Well, okay, I'm sh I'm sure it has, dude. Like, come on, different notations, different, uh, like different countries use different impure, yeah, like you know. I mean, I guess technically you're right. It did happen. We went from like Roman numerals to Arabic numerals. That we All use right, then there you go. I never I never thought about it. Like, I was reading a book a, a while ago, and they talked about the counting system in there. The what? The counting system, like the way the oh, way we man. the a Arabic numerals compared to like Greek and Roman numerals. I never thought about it, but the thing that makes them so, so good is that anybody can use them. As long as you know how, if you know how to add digits from zero to nine, you can, that, that skill, skill carries over to as large a number as possible. And that's something I never thought about before. Like with Roman or Greek numerals, like every number, you just have to like do it a, a new way to solve it. Like if you had to subtract numbers in Roman numerals, you would like have to just have that skill. Like I can I can subtract numbers in the hundreds with numbers from the tens, but that says nothing about whether I can subtract numbers in the thousands, from with numbers from hundreds. Whereas in with Arabic numerals, which once it's weird that's called Arabic because they're from India, but whatever. Arabic numerals. Well, so do they have nothing to do with Arabic num Arabic stuff at all then? Well, like I think because they do look they they look very similar to Arabic numbers. They do, but I think they started in India. And then moved over to Arabia and other countries around there. I think, and it, it it just reached, like Europe through Arabia. So that's why it's Arabic numerals. So there's a, like the Wikipedia says they were modified into Arabic numerals later in North Africa. So developed by Indian mathematicians around 500 AD, but then they were modified, and then then Fibonacci used them in Europe, and then they got really popular. Fibonacci didn't didn't check that name, but all right. Yeah. The Arab mathematician Al Kindi. Oh, okay. This is this is where the whole the court of Baghdad and all that stuff comes in now, because the new it says like I'm just I'm just straight up reading the Wikipedia here, but it says the decimal Hindu Arabic numeral system was developed in India by around 700, and it was slow. It was a slow gradual development spanning several centuries, but blah blah formation of zero. Then it says the numeral system came to be known to the court of Baghdad where the mathematicians such as Al-Khawarizmi it's like a really famous guy I don't really know how to pronounce his name though whose book on the calculation yada 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 was written in 825 in Arabic and then the Arab mathematician Al-Kindi wrote four volumes etc etc and their work was responsible for the diffusion of the Indian system of numeration in the Middle East and the West so it got popular and then, and then it got expanded to be some fractions and et cetera, et cetera, decimal points. So I'm like, I know the shapes have changed over time, like what we call a one versus what was initially a one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think two is one of the ones that like, has been like, it's like untouched. Sometimes in two just stuck. They're like, there's also Punjabi numbers, like numerals that are strikingly similar in some places and drastically different in others. Like, one, you could guess that's a one. Seven, you could guess was a seven. You wouldn't guess what four is. Because four looks like what we call an eight. Oh, in Punjabi? Yeah, it's like, it's an eight, but like if you didn't finish the loop on the top. That's what a four looks like in Punjabi. You know, it's funny because the the three, or sorry, no, the four in Arabic and in Urdu. Arabic and Urdu have like the same numbers. It's, it's very similar. It's not exactly the same. Um, but the four in what language am I talking about here? The four in Urdu. 
Hang on, I gotta check this out. Hold on. <laughs> Go ahead. Back check yourself. <laughs> I gotta make sure. Hang on. Am I crazy? One, two, three. We reached the fact checking part of the podcast, but we try and fail not to look like idiots. Oh, let me just look at these images. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry, it was my bad. Yeah, I'll, see, here's the thing. I always get Arabic and Urdu letters confused, or numbers confused, because they're so similar except for like two differences. But, anyways, uh, yeah, it looks like in, in Arabic, the four looks like a like an e or like a like a like a flipped three you see a flipped three yeah like like imagine the three but then you flip it on its uh like mirrored you mean mirrored yeah kind of mirrored oh okay i see it now i can see it yeah so it basically looks like an e you can like, like an e. a cap like a, a curved capital e curved capital okay. e that's what a four is in arabic okay so i just thought that was the a, thing is that looks a lot like that sounds a lot like the six in Punjabi numerals. Oh, okay. Okay. It's the exact same thing, but you have like a little you have put like a loop on top. So it's like a little loop and then you do the three. Back, wow. Or it's the backwards three. It's crazy. It's crazy. You see, I mean, things evolve all the time, well dude. I can see it happening. I guess so. I don't know why. I guess you're right, because like technically the our, our numbering system isn't actually mathematically rigorous. Like n- no one argues that math can change. Because, like, math can't change. Like, math itself can't change, right? Like, pi will always be the ratio between a circumference and a diameter. Always. Right? No matter how you calculate it or what, it's just, that's the way it works. Euclidean space. Uh, this, this is the buzzword. <laughs> <laughs> sure, okay. But technically, the, the way we make numbers, the way we choose to write numbers, technically isn't, like, a rigorous mathematical thing. It's just, like, a pure convention. Which could easily change. This isn't the, the, what is positive charge and negative charge in like science. It's purely arbitrary. We could have called it the other way around. Like, oh, this is this is positive and this is negative, and all the science would still work out the exact same. Or we could have called it, oh, this is black charge and negative charge. Yeah, it doesn't uh, like it could be anything. Which is one of those things that like blew my mind when I, like I, I don't know why it took me to like high school physics for me to realize that, that like, when, because I remember we learned like. In chemistry, they mentioned, like, very briefly like, early on, you learn, like, oh, an atom is made of protons and neutrons, has electrons. But if you go in deeper, the the protons and neutrons are made of quarks. And, like, the quarks have weird properties. They have, like, they have, like, like I feel like are dumb names for these properties. I can't remember them now. But one of them was color charge. They have what they call color charge. Like, is it, like, I think it's red, green, and blue charge. And I was, like, what kind of stupid nonsense is that? How can how can a charge be colored? Make any sense? And then like and then they did explain like well technically positive and negative. We just feel like that's right because we've learned it when we were young. It could have like, easily have been black and white, and it would work out just the same. It's not like it's something is positively charged. It's something inherently tied to positive numbers or something. Yeah. It's just purely arbitrary. We we just realized positive and negative cancel out, and positive and negative numbers cancel out. So we just kind of went with that. Yeah, just a convention that works really nicely, so we just stick with it until somebody changes it. Until you know, a country takes over and it's like, nah, 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 it's black and white charge now. Yeah, and then that will become popularized, and they'll be like, oh yeah, of course, black and white cancel out, so that makes perfect sense. Po- positive and negative, I guess that will work too, but yeah, I don't see it. <laughs> like, like we're saying, it doesn't make sense because quarks are colored, so therefore the other ones should be colored too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But that's a, okay. You realize in physics, I realized this like maybe a year ago or something, <laughs> like super recently. When I, oh, like it just clicked. Yeah, like I had no idea that you know things even evolved. Like I mean, like okay, like I mean, like you know, like, like ideas and and like 
like in such a, to such an extent like you were saying like you don't really like it was really hard for you to believe that um the number system could change and i would say the same thing but then when you see throughout history like so many things change all the time like through different countries through different ways and they become popular through different ways and and whenever a certain region is ruling the majority of the places their their stuff becomes popular and some of that stuff gets stayed in our history right now you know and depending on where you live that stuff becomes more popular etc etc and depending on where other people live that becomes popular so and and you know every region of the world has their own versions of some things right so i mm-hmm. because that stuff happens in history um i can see it happening now but otherwise it would be like like do people in china or people in you know like russia do they call these charges i mean possibly but do they probably don't even use english right or i'm assuming so what do they yeah. have do they use something similar like i don't know it's always like it's always cool to see the cultural differences for like common things like i know china also has like the elements in america we have the elements of like earth fire water wind right everyone's seen avatar last year we all know like, like china has their own but they're like slightly different like I can, I'm gonna mess one of them up, but it's like, it's like fire, earth, water, wood, metal. Those are the five elements. Okay, that sounds familiar. Yeah, it's like it just seems like from like my like American point of view, it just seems like that's that's weird. Like why? Where's air? Why isn't air one of them? When really like it, it doesn't have to. It didn't have to be one of them. Right, but, uh, but my brain's like oh, but, but wood and metal, or at least metal, should count as earth. Why is it separate? Also, it's like, what does elements? What do elements even mean? It's kind of like, like yeah, I, I guess you're right. Cause like in in Western elements, it's like we have everyone agrees that like water beats fire, right? But does, does fire beat anything else in the in the four? Uh, so according to Avatar: Last Airbender, <laughs> fire beats fire beats everyone. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I I don't know, dude. I I don't know how that. I don't know how it works. You know, according to Uncle Iroh, you need to have everything in balance. So I'm just gonna go with that. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's a. It feels like they should cancel out. Like they they kind of touched upon that. Like the Earth is the opposite of air. Yeah, yeah. Right, and it's like uh, and water is the opposite of fire. But then it's like, but one's cl- it feels like it should be better than the other. Like water beats. It's not like you know Pokemon. You got like Earth. You got grass, fire, water, and they go like in a circle. Oh, the different type kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It goes like in a circle. And I think that's how it works with the. The Chinese elements, they go in a circle where like this beats that one, that one beats that one. It goes like in a full loop, and it doesn't happen with our elements. But yeah. even like in Punjabi, there's like, or at least in Sikhi, I'm not sure if it's a Punjabi thing or a Sikhi thing. It's hard. To, sometimes it's hard for you to know where the line lies. But they're like they have five elements too, and it's practically identical to the American or European one with one extra added on. It's earth, fire, water, air, and then sky, or oh, void. Okay. Void. Jeez. I I refer to it as void because that's why the way it's described is what I think of. Because I feel like sky doesn't make sense to me because I because my my brain's like sky's just there, right? Unless unless you're talking about space, in which case you're talking about void, the nothingness between everything. Wait, wait, sky's just there. Yeah, air is just there too. Like Earth is just there. What does that mean? Like, I mean, technically you're right. None of this means anything because it's all atoms. You're saying it's like it's not special enough to be to be called special. Yeah, because like when I first heard like, oh, it's Earth, fire, water, air, sky, like. No, nah, no, nah, sky is just air. I don't, I don't believe it. Oh, okay, okay, I see. Sky should be part of air. If it wants to be separate, it has to be like it has to have a cool name and like something objectively different. Maybe like atmosphere or something. You know, I don't know. Yeah, so that's why in my head, like, oh, it's void. It's like the it's like the the gap between stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
but anyway, it's like that's just like it's like one of the things that like that's like this those those are just as arbitrary as like positive and negative charge, and like and like a base ten kind of stuff. Isn't the theory that the reason we have base ten is because our fingers are ten? Right, right. So like the early humans when they counted, they used their fingers, and then like that stuff. It's like okay, we we reached the end of our fingers, reset, and like just mark it in the tens category and so on. Like if you had if you had twelve fingers, we would be in the better. You use a better kind of. I system. mean, you know, a lot of Desi people. Like I see my dad and my mom all the time. They they count with their, you know, their knuckles, right? Like they like. Oh, it's right. You're right. Totally right. I mean, and how many of those? It's like almost like three per every. It's it's fifteen technically, about. Yeah. So there you go. And for two for two hands, that'd be about thirty, right there. Just just from your hand, two hands. And they're good at it too. Like they can do like, but I could do it if you asked me to. Like okay, count up to thirty using your knuckles. So I'd be like okay, my thumb goes to my bottom of my pinky, yeah. middle of my pinky, the second middle of my pinky. And then back to the ring finger. But then if you're like, okay, now subtract three. Okay, how much is that? And I have to like start counting them back up again. If someone holds up eight fingers, I just know that's eight. I don't have to count the fingers. I know what eight fingers is. For them, they, they'd be like, oh, point at this knuckle. What is that? They're like, oh, that's 12. Yeah, because they, they just learn lines like that. Like that. You ever see that? I always see like every once in a while, like a video like, oh, how to count to like 1,024 using just your fingers. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like, you can probably guess by the number what the logic is. Yeah, it's binary. Exactly. You use your fingers as like binary digits. And if you do that, you can get to 1024. And I feel like it'd be really cool if someone could like learn to do that intuitively. Like you just hold up like a weird combination of fingers and they'd be like, oh yes, that's a 622. Yeah. The binary thing we use all the time in, in, in our computer science classes makes things so easy, you know? Well, not like counting with our fingers. Yeah, well, not like, not like, okay, what's, but if something, if there was an equation that's like, you know, what's two to the fourth, you know, times two to the like third or something. Yeah, you know it's two to the seventh, but then you can just say, "What is the reason?" Well, two, four, eight. You know, just you kind of like count it off in your fingers. Yeah, yeah, but then you know, you're which already kind of is like the powers of two. Yeah, exactly. You like you would go like one finger, that's two. Two fingers, four, eight, sixteen, thirty-two, sixteen, thirty-two, sixty-four, da da, and like you'd get intuitive. Like you, we, I feel like at this point we reached the point where like if I said two to the ten, you would just know like oh, it's probably yeah, yeah, exactly. And two to the five is like thirty-two. Like some of them are just second like, grade now. Exactly, exactly. But it's still it's nice. I still have difficulty counting the evens now because of that. Because like before computer science, we took, before we took that computer science class, you know, counting the evens was easy. It's like oh, two, four, six, eight, oh, ten, okay. twelve. Now I have to hesitate because I sometimes I catch myself going to the powers of two, go two, four, eight, sixteen. Nope, ten. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it, I get it. But yeah, you know, history changes, uh, it develops, and the thing is, like, we live, we live, we live in a society. No, no, but we live, we ha- we have like such a small time periods like of living right like 60 years 100 years whatever not that's not so much it's it doesn't seem like it can happen within one lifetime and it doesn't like even the arabic numerals like wikipedia page said it took it took a span of centuries for this to happen mm-hmm. centuries like i don't know how long that takes but that, that's a long time and so <laughs> like like I, I, you can imagine like the same kind of process very gradually occurring you don't even notice it happening until it until it happens yeah i guess you're right yeah in this way this is the human life scale is so short compared to like society as a whole it's one of the things where even if everybody lived 100 years longer i don't think it would change anything because yeah, no. it would just it would just be the same pattern just stretched out yeah i remember like hearing that there's some cultures where they use a base eight counting system where they use like the gaps between their fingers to count which i always thought was odd wow i know that i know there's some languages where there are just no numbers which blows my mind like what whoa, whoa, whoa. there's no numbers yeah like they, they have a word for one and they have a word many, and that's it. That's us. Oh, and I think they have like nothing, like the equivalent of n- zero. 
And that's it. That's as far as their language goes. Well, how are they going to count and stuff? They, they don't. They just don't. I don't understand this. Wow. It blows my mind. It's like, how can you get this far and like, develop a society? Or like, I, you know, this is, like, I think this is, if I remember correctly, it was an African tribe. So, you know, they weren't exactly on the pinnacle of technological advancement or anything. But they were able to, like, you know, they have, the, they have their tribes and their villages and they, they communicate amongst each other and they, have, they built a society. And yet they still can't develop numbers. They got zero, they got one, you got many. It's like, how many kids do you have? I have many. I don't, I don't think it's can't. I think they choose not to. I mean, they don't need it, right? It sounds like they don't need it if they're, if they're still living. I feel like that's, like, I feel that's one of the earliest things you'll need. But it seems, a, like a, a it seems like they don't. It seems like they don't. You have a I, like. I hey, this, hey, did, did everybody make it back from that hunt last night? I don't know. There was many before. There's many after. I think everybody survived. Well, I mean, according to you, people, if if they if they use it and they're working out, then I guess it works. I don't know how, but I guess so. But you know, uh, what you just you just reminded me of the many thing. Like, uh, you know, some languages have like if you look at their plurals and and their singulars, right? In English, there's a singular and there's a plural. And then sometimes there's like a dual, but like that's not really common anymore. It used to really? be in English. In English, yeah, it's like an old English had duals, but not really anymore. Uh, but it's something mm-hmm. like you know you can say like um, you know one person, many people. Like the word person, it becomes people when there's when there's multiple, and that multiple could mean two or more, so it includes a dual. Uh, but mm-hmm. interestingly, in Arabic, there's actually a dual version, like specifically. So it'll be like here's one person, here's two persons i don't know and then here's three or more people so they would have a special word is it is it also gendered or no yeah, yeah arabic is also gendered it's also gendered so like you can have a duo of females and a duo of males uh okay oh no not i'm not that far into it but yeah i i think so i think so yeah yeah okay i know like something we just have like in a spanish i remember when we learned spanish it was like there are two words for they one is a group of all females and the other is any other combination. Oh, okay. So if it's all dudes, if it's a thousand women and one dude, if it's 50 50, it's like it's one word. And if it's all female, then you have the other one. Yeah, that's not, that's actually, I think that's super common gendered, gendered uh, languages because the, it's almost, it's almost seeming like the male gender is the default. Just straight yeah, up. For default. a lot of cultures. Yeah. And so if you're female, we have to add the special rule for the female. But otherwise, if you're male and female, just use a default kind of deal. So that's like super common. Have I told you about my hatred towards gendered objects? Like how much I hate that? Like the English is just the. It's just the. But in like Spanish, it's like, oh, a park is masculine. So it's el parque. Oh, okay. okay yeah. Right. But they're like, oh, but the living room is female. It's la sala. And it's like, why? And like they need to conjugate accordingly too. It's like, why? I mean, that's just how it is, right? I don't think it's anything. And like, Punjabi has it too, and I hate it. When you have to pluralize something, I pluralize it accordingly. And we talked about how Punjabi doesn't have a the, so it's even harder to tell whether something is masculine or feminine because oh, there's no the to rely on. And there's something else that oh yeah, in Punjabi, I always thought it interesting that the respectful, like a lot of languages have like formal and informal, right? Like English doesn't really have that. Like you can change your wording, right? But there's no like direct conjugation. You can't say like, "How are you?" And then it's like another one that means the exact same thing. How are you? But like formalized. Yeah, not really. Right. Like in Spanish, you'd be like, como estas to be informal and como esta to be formal. But the weird thing about Punjabi is that the formal is just the plural. That's it. Oh, wow. Really? Like, yeah. So it's what you were used to describe a group. You were used to describe a single person formally. 
Interesting, interesting. It's like it. I like it because it's easier. You know, less, le- less to learn. You know, if you know the pillar, you know the formal instantly. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, Urdu, they have. Don't you have a a different word for you though, in in Punjabi or no? Oh yeah, yeah. So there are some. There are some that are different. Yeah. Okay, that's what I was saying. Yeah. So same thing in Urdu. Then it would be the same exact thing in Urdu. Well, actually, is it? I'm thinking like. I'm trying to remember what is the plural for you. I think the plural for you is the formal, so the same there too. Like you have a different word for it, obviously, for the plural you versus like you as in multiple people, and you as in a single person, and the multiple person one is also the formal singular person. Oh, okay, then it's not the same. I guess in that case, then we have like a you that's you'd say like informally, and then you have a you that's formally. You say to strangers, to elders, respectful people, etc., and you would use that one instead. But uh, I would find I find it interesting that um the the plural thing they're talking about. I think um Arabic has something like they have like a the royal plural or something where you use it for like royalty will use a plural. And I think I don't know if Urdu has it specifically, but I know that my dad he said his grandpa when he used to well sorry my grandpa so my dad's dad when my dad when his uh, my god I'm trolling when my grandpa used to talk he used to say stuff like in the plural. So he wouldn't say like I am doing this. He would say we are doing this to 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 show himself doing it. It's kind of like I have the authority here or something. I've heard this before. Like even in English, they say like, oh the royal we. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like I'm, when it's, when I say we, I mean I, but it's the royal we. Therefore, yeah. But I remember I remember my dad talking about. I think this is a similar thing in Hindi. And there was an I remember it, was, it blew my mind. There was, there was a famous actor who refused to ever use the I. He always would refer to himself as the royal we. Wow. And like, of course, like as an actor, that limits the roles you can play. Like, I guess this guy just refused to play like... Oh, even during acting? Yeah, even when he was acting, oh, wow. he refused to. <laughs> so if the, script, if the script has it where he says I, he would say the we. And like, depending on the character you play, it doesn't really make, you can't really make sense. Like, it has, you have to be a distinguished person, I guess. Yeah, You'd always yeah. have to play those characters. I always find it weird when like, like man, that's a, that's a fragile ego. That's all I'm saying. Well, I don't know. Is there was there a reason for that, or just because like he's like, no, 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 I'm the big boy here. That's it. That's exactly what it was. Wow. It's just like I'm the big boy. It reminds me of a uh, like how uh, like Vin Diesel and The Rock, they in the Fast and Furious movies, they in their contract they have it so they they can't lose a fight. Really? Yeah, the contract. Like I, I forget like at what point did this become a thing? Like I, I assume early on in the first couple movies when they weren't that famous, that wasn't a thing. But as but now we reached the point where in the contract they can't lose a fight. The worst they can do is tie. Which is why whenever whenever they fight the main villain like early into the movie or halfway through the movie, it always ends up with like a tie or like some nonsense that has to stop the fight. They never lose the fight against the villain. You know, I've never I've never watched a single Fast and Furious movie, so I have no I don't even know what the premise is to be honest. Really, I'm watching it's 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 uh it started off as like oh reasonable, like heist driving movie, and now it's just like whatever goes, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're all they're up to like what ten, eleven, something like that. Crazy. I think I think nine, ten if you include the spinoff. Oh, okay. That's, that's crazy. I don't know how many. I don't know how they made that many movies of this. That's the thing. Like, if you watch the first movie, like the most impressive, like dangerous stunt they perform in that movie, and it, like it's literally like they have like a build up, and the character like looks at the truck, looks at the car, and like debates whether to do it. Is that he drives underneath a big rig, like between the tires of a big rig? Oh. That's like the biggest stunt of that movie. And now, if you watch the movie, they do that like just for fun. Like when they're driving to the mission, they just do that weaving and out just. For the sake of the camera, I guess. Yeah, it's it's getting it's getting too stale now. It's like a like power creep in video games. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Where it's like you up yourself every single time. You reach the point where like the first thing looks like 
pathetic and like boring uh, comparison. And then and then you hit you hit a snag, you know. They're just too strong now. What are you gonna do? You're gonna make the mob stronger? How are you gonna do that, right? And then you gotta nerf the player. Uh, it's just it's a whole dilemma. I suppose I'm gonna follow up. Just only only half an hour of follow up. This podcast becomes a linguistic podcast so often, dude. I know, I know. It's not. I don't. I don't want to really consider this follow up. Like we we talked about follow up, and then we kind of just transition. We shifted very quickly. Yeah, exactly. So this technically counts as like another Amoldi story duration, kind of. Because I'm gonna read something to you. And I want to hear your opinion of it. But it's not really a story, so I'm not sure if it counts. Okay. But I got an email from my local library that they're implementing a new policy. I mean, technically, you could argue that they're getting rid of an old policy. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. So I'm going to like read it out loud, just the first part. All right. While you look for it, let me just get comfortable for another ASD. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go. It's like, you know, start off with normal fluff. Hello, dear. Uh, citizen of blah blah city right but it says effective starting red like it's already started now the local library has eliminated overdue fines please note fees are still assessed for lost or damaged items more information is available here you go there and it says why did the library decide to eliminate overdue fines eliminating daily overdue fines has a number of positive benefits for the community libraries that have eliminated daily overdue fines have found a. Library card registrations increased. B. Borrowing of materials increased. C. More I- library items were returned. D. Students returned to the library to use homework resources. And E. Staff were able to spend more time assisting patrons. And then it proceeds to like name a bunch of like other kind of questions. Like I have fines now. Will they will they be currently outstanding? Be waived? Yes. Like if you have overdue fines, they're gone. And it's like, oh, what if I lose the book? It's like, oh, that still counts. Like, overdue fines are not build item fees. They're two separate things. And yeah, are there still due dates? Yes, there's still due dates. You could argue, like, are they even enfor- how do you enforce due dates then? Yeah. And yeah, that's, it goes on like a bunch of other common questions that I feel like aren't important. But, so yeah, what do you think about this? What do you think about this change? Wow, wow. I'm, I'm just so shocked right now. I'm just shocked. I can't believe a library would do this. But it seems like they have data backing it up. Like They're, they're literally saying, like, oh, it, it helps with this, this, in this case. So I, I would never expect, to be honest, that people would return books if, like, what is, okay, so wait, can you, can you explain to me, Emily, first of all, like, what does it mean by an overdue fee? Like, let, okay, let's say the book is due, like, today, and I don't... Okay, first of all, this is We're talking, I'm talking about my local library. Libraries tend to be, like, the rules are a bit wishy-washy, so, like, the numbers and dates might be different, but yeah, continue. Okay, so... Like, the book is due today, but you don't turn it in today. So your book is not overdue. But you don't get any fines for that. Like, starting now, yes. Start, starting, yeah. Starting when this policy gets whatever started. It's already and, in, yeah. And how long will, like, how do you, like, I guess the point is, like, what if you spend, like, two years, three years, four years? Well, here's the thing. Normally how normally how it works, like, in the old library systems. Also, I looked it online. This is a very common thing, apparently. Like, a lot of libraries have started doing this. Wow. Like the, it's it's not hasn't reached the point where it's the norm yet, but it's getting there, and it's and a lot of people have kept them for years now, so it seems to be working. But yeah, but the way it used to work was that you would check out a book, then with the due date came around and you didn't return it, you get charged like a one dollar fee per day, and then after like X number of days, 
it would like I think it's I forget I think my local library I don't really know because I, I always return books like super early because I usually just read them and put them back as soon as I'm done with them so I never had to actually like look into the details because I didn't and I knew it never apply but I think it's it was 30 days like after 30 days they would just lock your account you'd be you would owe the $30 because it's $1 per day and then after that your account's locked you can't check out anything or you can't go to the library basically anymore until you either pay back the $30 fine and return the book or if you lost the book pay the $30 fine on top of the lost book fee, which is typically like, like pretty much the cost of the book itself. Right. Or I think our library allowed you to like, if you just bring another copy of the book, we'll accept, we'll accept that too. So that was the old system. Now what they're doing, I think it's, I, 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 I there's no, the number isn't listed here, but I think I, it was somewhere where it's like, it was 10 days after 10 days of overdue, like nothing. Cause there's no fines anymore. You did lock your account until you return the book. And so locking means that you can't check out any more books. You can't check out any books. You can't even okay. use like library resources, like the computers and stuff. Like it's just like the library is just not a place you can go anymore. Then yeah, this is this is a great policy. You know, I always I always I always felt whenever those uh, overdue fees happen, like if you look, it's like I remember like vaguely like if you ask them like, oh, can I just not pay or something? They'll be like, all right, sure. Like if you return the book, if you actually return the book. Um, maybe they were just being generous to me when I was like a tiny kid. <laughs> when that happened but like I, I, I can see this working because if you lock the accounts basically like just stopping you anyways so it's the same difference really and it's, I, I looked more into it like I like, do some research just because like you know you know that I just love libraries right, right. like I, I find them like this fascinating thing of like if like someone had to try to invent or try to get through legislation the idea of a place where people can just get stuff for free like consume media for free it wouldn't make it through any system it just wouldn't it wouldn't happen i refuse to believe it would happen in like a, the modern era but somehow it's like grandfathered in now that libraries are a thing that society has and it's like the only thing the only thing i consider like man maybe humans aren't a waste of space because libraries whoa, exist whoa, whoa, cut that out bro what the heck that's listen, dark listen <laughs> that's not even dark very... that's like that's like i don't even know what that is bro that'll keep it in i'll keep it in Listen, I have, I have very low thoughts on the, on the human species. We're, we're, terrible, we're terrible things. Anyways, but libraries are awesome. Libraries wow, are super okay. cool. That's a very strong statement to say. Like, I'm not going to do anything about it. Like, <laughs> For the record, I disagree. But I go on. But yeah. I, I, net negative. Anyways, libraries. Net negative? Really cool. we're, we're, to what? For what? For like everything else on the planet. Who even cares about everything else on the planet? We're humans, bro. Who cares about other species? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> No, I'm kidding. All right. What was I again? I lost track of where I was because I got derailed by my hatred towards the human species. Because, <laughs> yeah, you said you were fascinated by libraries. Oh, yeah. Like, there's, like, this concept that I don't think could be made today but have now stuck. And it seems like the way library finds used to work, if you, th- if you like, think about them, they, they harm the people who are most likely to gain from having the library system. Because, like, the final person who would realistically... Like, the library is their only way of consuming media would be the people who don't have the the money to throw around to go get books and to like get movies and stuff and like and then these fines are like they're, they're small to most people but to the people to whom they're big are the people who would gain the most from having library access in the first place okay i think i see what you're saying yeah. so i always find that that was like a, that was an odd thing like the way libraries worked but like i also was in the camp of like well once again we already established i think humans are net negative and so I just assumed that, oh, if there's no punishment for not returning them, people will just steal the books, essentially. Just check it out and leave and never come back. So you had to put the fines there to convince people to come back. 
Well, you could just like like you said, you could just lock their account, kind of deal. That's kind of like. Yeah, but it's like oh, but they they got, they got the book, you know. Yeah, but, <laughs> they got the mean, book. They, but they got the book. Okay, sure. That's just one book or whatever book that they got that they stole. But then they're gone forever. Oh, I was going back to like yeah, I remember what I was saying earlier too. Well, like I did some more research, and I saw like one of the arguments that I thought was actually like a really good point that I hadn't considered was like, you know, libraries aren't exactly the most well-funded government programs. Yeah. And so like you know they could use that extra money for like to promote their other programs and stuff too. Yeah, but I, I doubt they make enough money. That's the thing. That. It turns out they did, there was I forget what library it was now, but there was a library where they did the math and they calculated that. For every like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars they earned through like late fees, they'd lost a million. Try just going out and trying to get in contact with those people and like get that money basically. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So like it's literally net negative. They lost two hundred and fifty thousand dollars every year because of late fees. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I told I, I like this policy. I I like it. I'll just tell you right now. It's a great policy. Great change. If, 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 once again, it's still one of those things where, like, my, my immediate reaction is, like, this would never work. But, like, it seems like it works. It, it really does seem like it works. Maybe I'm just too pessimistic, like we established. Yeah, I think you're a little too pessimistic, dude. Human, they're not every human is a bad person, bro. Not every human is a bad person, but species as a whole. <laughs> no, disagree. That's, that's... Alright, whatever. That's a whole nother topic, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping this becomes more and more common to the point where it becomes the norm. Where, like, if a library has lapies, it's like... What kind of library has lafies? Oh, interesting. You know, I uh, to be honest, I I feel like libraries are kind of like a like a dying breed almost. Where yeah, you know, I don't want to say it like this, but like you know, not a lot of people use libraries anymore. But not a lot of people read anymore, right? Like, it's just I'd be fact. curious. In, I'd be curious in the numbers to that because I, I I feel the same way. Where like my initial instinct is like, oh no, most people don't go to the library anymore. It's just like a novelty thing now, right? But like I'm thinking like, it's quite possible that that's not the case at all. Like we're just in the group. We're in the group where like we go to the library. That's or like you probably because I go to the library as often as I can because I love libraries. But like most, no, most people in the average income range, maybe they're going less and less. But maybe the other groups are going more and more. Possibly or like it could like we have one of those weird things where like they have, libraries kind of had like a resurgence recently because of like for some reasons we don't realize. Yeah, well, I I will say like you know libraries are definitely great for their programs. Like you know. Whatever programs they might have, after school programs and whatnot, but for a lot of them have like homework help. And yeah, like homework help and stuff like that. But for for stuff like you know, getting an actual book and reading it, like if you're not a tiny child, like how many adults frequent libraries? Right? That's the thing. I feel like I think I think we're just like the I think we reached the point where like libraries were always like this kind of niche thing, where like a certain type of person would go to a library, and I feel like, I don't think that has changed. I think it's because like, like there are two groups of people who go to the libraries. There are adults who appreciate the library and they, they like the resources there and they go there often, and kids. And I think it's I think most people are like, oh, libraries are dying because they went so often as a kid, and now they don't go as an adult, and so they feel like, oh, if I did that, then and like they talk to people and like they all did that. They all like, oh, I used to go to the library all the time when I was a kid, and now I don't go anymore, and so it seems like oh, it's, it must be dwindling the the population that goes to libraries. But there are always more kids, and most of the a lot of those kids continue to go to the library as adults, and that like, that hasn't changed at all. So it's totally possible like it's not at all the case that libraries are dying. I, I think that's serious thing. I was just I was just thinking of it more like a, um, like as a technological perspective, like you know, like the computers internet are here, yeah. So like, and you can have online libraries. In fact, we do have online libraries. Yeah. So I don't know, but I, I can totally see that. A lot of libraries a, offer ebooks now. 
Yeah, but I can totally see that being as a, like a little bias. Sure, I don't have any numbers behind me. Yeah. Also, an interesting thing I learned about libraries, like semi recently, was that I never really thought about it. But if you go to a library, some libraries have like a music section where you can like get CDs. Yeah. Which when we establish, you know, it's a dying technology. I don't really know if people have CDs anymore. Like besides for the novelty of it, you know, most people just use they they have digital data now, but digital data that sounds redundant. Anyways, <laughs> they have like CDs, and I didn't really thought about it, but like apparently that's like a really unique thing about libraries. Because, and like once again, I, I don't really listen to CDs before. And like by the time CD, by the time I would like care to listen to CDs, they had become antiquated. So maybe like if I, if I was like a different age group, it would have been more obvious. But there are no, they were never in music rental shops. Like you can go to like a Blockbuster and get a movie, rent it and put it back and send it back a couple days later. But there was no equivalent for music. And it's because like, yeah, because the legislation was passed, like, at least in the US, but you can't do that. Because it was too easy for people to just rent something, copy it, and then return the rental and have their own copy of it. Don't they do that with movies anyways? They, they do, but like it, at least when this law was passed, it was way harder to do that. Okay. That's also why video game rentals exist. Nintendo tried to like sue Blockbuster, saying that no, they have to buy the game, they can't rent them. And it didn't pass because they were, they were able to make the argument that it's too difficult for the average consumer to be able to, to copy a game. Especially like an NES cartridge. It's yeah, just too difficult no, that most of them wouldn't be able to do it, so it didn't matter. But music w- was able to pr- prove the other way, that no, it's very easy. The average person can rip a CD. And so that's why music rental doesn't exist. But the library is allowed to do it because they're libraries. And like, they fall into this weird like category, because it's not rental anymore. It's a public good. And it's like, I was, that's the thing with like, libraries is so cool, man. Love Li- libraries. Don't libraries have um, like restrictions too, though? Like They can't have like... Like I would, I, I don't, I, I don't assume libraries have like the most recent movies. Like, oh, movies coming out, let's go to li- like. I assume those are more financial restrictions than legal ones. I think if the library had the money to throw around to just buy the newest movies whenever they came out, they would. Really, really, you didn't. I think so. Wow. Like, oh, Avenger, Avengers Endgame came out on DVD today. It's already at the library. Wow, I, I didn't know that. I, I, I would assume that the library would be like you know a little bit late behind these things. I, I I assume they are because they don't have, they don't have that kind of money to throw around whenever a new movie comes out to buy it. But I'm not saying just because of the just because of that. I'm thinking of some other reasons too. Is that like it'll be like oh a time limit like like you have to wait for like two weeks or something when the movie airs on in theaters or something and then I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I think I think it is just uh, as soon as the library is able to get it, they get it. Yeah, but, they, are... they, but there's also like you could the argument that they don't want to get too early because then maybe there'll be like a huge rush for that one item. And that would cause, like, dissatisfaction, ironically. Like, if the library didn't have it, people would be like, oh, okay, they don't have it. But if they had it, but there were, like, 60 people on the, on the whole list, people would be, it would be, like, net negative for the library perception. And so they might, they might choose to wait till like, the hype dies down a bit. So that people won't r- rely on the library. If they want to go watch the movie that badly, they can go get it themselves. Yeah, you know, I've been, in my local library, I've been holding some books, right? Uh, well, holding some books, maybe one book. And uh, it's been... Maybe two months now or something, and I've been waiting. And by the way, the book is the Maze Runner, so it's a pretty popular uh, book. I oh, guess. Okay, so it's semi-popular. Okay. And I thought it would be maybe the popularity would have died down by now. They have on the page at least it says they have uh thir- eight or thirteen copies out of the book, and I'm like, wow. I'm like, do you think this is, think this is a COVID thing? No, I don't think so. I was I was thinking okay. it was COVID, but then uh, other books that I've held there like. 
Semi to not that Have you? Does it tell you like what number you are in line? It does. It does. And the number has been uh, decreasing. Yeah. So I have been getting upper, but it's just taking forever. Well, that's because like at least for my, the libraries near me, I, I don't know how standardized these numbers are, but like when you check out a book, it's for three weeks. You get it's. I think it's exactly twenty one days, but it might just be three weeks. And I, the, the, that's one of the same. I don't know why I said it as if it was different. It's three weeks, and. When you, if something is on hold, you can't renew it. So every person who gets that book, they have it for a maximum of three weeks. But most people typically wait till the maximum unless they happen to read it really fast and they return it right away. Then so I think like it should have every person. That's not right. Though. Three, it should have been done no, because, by then. No, because two months. Two months sounds about right. If it's been two months. If there's like eight like, copies of the book or something, and the, and I'm like, I'm like thirteenth in the list or something like that now. Like, maybe. Mm, it's possible because like you have to because like you know they're they're like all eight were checked out on the exact same day. Plus, we're also assuming that they're returning the books. Yeah, but it's like a it's like a max of three weeks. This exact same thing happened with me when I started when I went when I got the Scott Pilgrim series from my local library. I got books one through five. It's a six book series. I got books one through five really easily. I just I che- I checked them out. Cause I, do, I I put them on hold technically because of COVID. You put books on hold and they call you and they come pick it up. So I put one through five. I put one through six on hold, and the next day I got a call saying one through five already, and I picked them up because six was already checked out. And I was like, okay, I'll just wait till like whoever returns six, and I'll get six when I get it right. Which kind of sucked because like I got through the first five like relatively quickly, and I was just waiting then. And like a week or two went by, and it still wasn't back. I'm like, oh, that's weird. And so then I called the library, just called the front desk, and I asked like, hey, uh, can I? Is it possible for me to find out when this book is due, just so like I can kind of like set my expectations accordingly. And they were like, oh yeah, no, that's no problem. So they, they pulled it up. I could hear click, click, clack on the other side of the line. And then the, the, the lady at the front desk just goes, oh yes, that book is due uh, August 26, 2020. And it's like, uh, so, so it's been due for like six months now. It's wow, like, yes. Yeah, because this, like, this is recent. It's like, yeah, the book has been overdue for like six months. And so I was like, all right, so I'm not getting, I'm not getting that book then. That's, that's just not happening. That's but messed up, dude. Luckily, California has this system where all the libraries in California, you can rent one from like another library in California. Yeah. It's called like Link Plus. And so it, it, it doesn't matter. Like I know some counties have like this system where all the cities in the county are together as one system. But this is like states, statewide. I think even Nevada is part of this. Where like you can like, also it's one of the things where like the cost, the, the lost fees and the rental, the overdue fees are like, way higher on these technically compared to like other ones but for the most part if you just you you go on the website you put it in and whichever library nearby to where you are will just ship the book out to you you can get it so that's how i was able to read the sixth book finally had to wait a bit of time but i got it eventually but do you have to you have to do do you have to go to like a special website or something for that for that to happen yeah like yeah yeah i go to my local website my local library's website and they have like a a a page that says oh link plus you click that and it takes you to like their okay. website. It's like a separate system. I should look into that then. Yeah, I feel like most people don't know about that. But also most people don't really care much for the library. But yeah, but so that's why it was like super... I, I, I think it's like, I didn't know until now. I've heard of it before, but I just thought like, oh, it's just like, like a, maybe it's like five, six libraries or something. But no, it's like pretty much every library in the state of California, which is insane to me. Yeah, I mean, these days, you know, there's also the Kindle, there's eBooks. It's so cheap these days. You know, it's crazy. But I, I can see it. the thing is like libraries are good. Like I'm not talking about libraries for the functionality of like studying there and whatnot. People study in cafes and whatnot. And I'm talking. I'll tell you, about, you you and I spend a lot of times 
in the library study rooms. Yeah, and there's another issue, right? Like, oh, there's not enough study rooms, or the study rooms are not big enough, or you have a limited amount of time there, blah, 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 etc. Um, and obviously, university libraries are just much nicer, and they have much more facility. Um, but, like, have we ever checked out a book from our university library? Like, I don't know, right? Just... I think we did, you and I did once just to say oh. we did. And that was literally it. We, like, it was like day one, it was orientation, we went to the library, and we're like, we, I forget what book, I think we, we grabbed, we didn't grab like a random book, but we, it, was, it might as well have been random. <laughs> and we picked it, we checked it out, and then like a couple days later we returned it, and that was it. Wow. And we, we, I, we, I, I think we, I read it, but I don't remember, I don't remember what book it was now, so. That, I don't even remember that, but that, see, there you go, like, it's like, we never really used the library. We should probably should have. But honestly, like the thing is, for books, or or whatever stuff to check. Also, out, to be fair, the books at the university library they're like, they're like dense literature. Like yeah, most yeah, of the yeah, books yeah. are probably like the latest study on something. Yeah, yeah, they're not like Harry Potter. The yeah, Harry Potter, The Maze Runner. Yeah, yeah. Scott Pilgrim, like that. Uh, what I I'll be I'm honestly curious to know. Like, was there any comics? Any graphic novels and stuff, manga in that library? No, I doubt it. Because our high school, our high school had it. Our high school had like a small little oh, section you know of comics. They might have it because of like you know just like history of whatever, and they just have it there for you know <laughs> that kind of reason. Well, well sure, you know, because um, I'm not sure if you know this, but because of COVID, is it still not possible to renew the book even when someone's holding it? Yeah. Well, once again, I don't know what library you're talking about, but my library, yeah, like it, basically. The, the system they have now is basically it's the exact same as it was before like nothing has really changed the only difference is you can't walk in you can't go into the building anymore you go on the website or you call they put up you tell them what book you want to check out and then once they get those books they'll call you and be like okay they're they're ready to pick up and you walk you go to the front door you give them your name and they give you your books and you leave but you can renew your books like multiple times right uh most libraries it's two renewals so for a total of three rental periods okay Okay. But like I said, when a book's on hold, it's almost you're never allowed to renew it. As far as like I heard, that's like a universal rule of libraries. It's like when a book's on hold, you can't renew it. Well, that's what it's taking way too long, then, dude. I don't know why. I, I was thinking, I I think you're just assuming that of those eight copies, all eight are being returned, and it could be like only one of those is actually getting returned and cycling through. That's the problem, dude. And this the, the issue is this is only for the first book. Like for the other the other uh books in the I don't know if it's a trilogy or whatever. The other ones in the series, they're already they're ready to be picked up. It's like. <laughs> Come on, dude. I it, shows, it. It, it says a lot when, like, you can see the drop-off like that. Like, like oh, everyone wants to read the first first book. Not everybody cares about the second book. No, no, no. It's a, bo- nobody... it's a bottleneck, dude. We're all waiting. To, to oh, you think it's a bottleneck issue? Okay. <laughs> we're all waiting to finish the first one. And the people that are reading the second one, they're done. They're returning it. But the first one, we're just waiting. Uh. Do you... Because, like, I always... Cons- I try to consider myself to be a practical person, which... Mm, and how successful I am at that, I don't know. But... I, I, I feel like logically I should be able to say that, oh, it doesn't matter whether I read a book physically or digitally. But man, I really do care. <laughs> well, what do you mean? Like, like for your enjoyment? Yeah, for enjoy- just for enjoyment. Like, even though I could I could have easily, if I really cared enough to, I could have gone online. I probably could have, through legal routes, rented or like, you know, like gotten an e-copy of the book. Or if like, I really cared, I could have gone like, through some, like, some shady websites and gone like, 20 viruses on my computer and been able to read the book but i want because I, st- I read the first five physically like i gotta read like the the sixth one physically i gotta like finish it off and like there's something enjoyable about a physical book compared to a digital book 
that I feel like it shouldn't be there, but it is. Bro, I'm only with him, dude. I always, always prefer physical books, no matter what. It just feels nice. Paper feels nice. I just like the touch of it. Whatever. It feels better to me. But if I'm reading something that's like, I really want to know what happens next. Or I just, I literally can't afford it. Like manga. Like, you can't afford that, bro. Like, you can't afford every single, like, you know, let's be honest. And you want to catch up to date. You can, I, I'm not going to buy every single one that comes out. Or um, if I want to know about it right now, like, I want to read, like, the next Harry Potter, but I just can't wait for the, the two weeks in the library or whatever. I'll just <clears throat> maybe pirate it. I don't know. But we'll see what happens, and we'll we'll read it, you know? But I always prefer, I, I just wish there was, like, some kind of software or some kind of technology where you have a physical book that is, it, like, it feels like paper, okay? Right? Okay, so when okay. you with me, you feel like paper. I've, I know what paper feels like. Yes, yes. And but it's a Kindle, so basically, like whatever book you get, it'll get format. Let's say let's say the book has like three hundred pages by default or something. It'll get formatted so that's evenly spaced between three hundred pages or something. And basically, you pick it up. It's Harry Potter. Oh, I I first of all, I first of all, I hate that. I what? hate when like I I hate when books have to be formatted to like fit a different page size. I I despise that. Oh well, okay, that's different. So that's never, a different discussion. It's never right? right. That's a different discussion. That doesn't work with comics at all. Like that's impossible with comics. Okay, okay, forget, forget the, forget the extremities. But basically, we're talking about like Harry Potter or something. You pick it up, the book is Harry Potter, or you pick it up now, the book is any other book, right? So basically, like it'll change, but it's it's a physical uh, book. What I'm, what I'm imagining is like a book, like a, a hardcover book, right, with like ten pages in it, and like. As you flip the page, all the pages have screens on them. So as you flip the page, it looks identical to paper. You flip it, and it it changes accordingly. Those pages are correct. And when you get to like page eight of ten, like the first page somehow like gets like through like some kind of mechanism, gets pulled in back to the end of the book. So you just continue. You just keep twisting, flipping to the right, because the first page just keeps going back to the end. And so you can, so that way you only have to carry a book of ten pages, but you have every book possible, and you get the feel of flipping pages. As if you're flipping through like a hundred pages. Sounds good to me. But the point you see the point here, right? Like it's it's a it's a physical book, but it's digital. That's the whole yeah, yeah. It's the whole beauty of it. It has all the benefits of digital, but all like the the niceties. Like oh but, nice dude, just think, oh, but think about the practicality physical. of this. Okay, listen. Any school textbook is just one book now. And schools can just issue them out. Like, oh, okay, here's all your textbooks are in this book. For the rest of the time you're gonna be at school here. Is, think, think how I mean, that's how it is now, right? With like a... What? No, you have to. Oh, okay, come on, bro. You have to buy physical textbooks, and you have to even for ebooks, you'd have to buy them and then store them somewhere. It's not. Not everything is like in one place. I guess right. It's not, it's not so centralized. Yeah, this would be standardized. It would be. I. It's a revolution, bro. But so we're not. Revolution. The technology's not there yet. We need to find paper that. I mean, like a texture that feels just like. Have paper. you have you used like one of those uh, e-paper t- tablet things where like it's designed to look like paper? And not like a like a digital screen. No, like I don't. On Kindles I've and never stuff. heard of that. You haven't? Yeah, it's 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 like it's called I think it's called e ink. That stuff is impressive. It's it's incredibly impressive. Like when you when I saw it for the first time, I'm like, I re- it really didn't feel like I was looking at a screen. Wow. Because like it didn't have like that trademark glow that a screen does, so it felt like I was actually looking at a physical paper. Which is why like all the advertisements for this, like I think this is like they don't do this anymore. I think they, they've gone to digital screen now because it's so much cheaper and less likely to fail. But all the commercials, were, they just brag about how, like, the sunlight, there's no glare. There's never a glare on the sunlight. You could be out, like, in the brightest day, and it'll be crystal clear. If anything, it's more clear in the sunlight than it is in a, a darkly lit room because of the way it worked. It was, like, super impressive. And it's a shame that technology never got to the point where, like, it could replace digital 
screens. Sadly. Hopefully one day we'll see it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe someone will make like color, a color version of that. Cause it was black and white only. Make a color version of that and make it so it can, ref- it can refresh the image fast enough. Man, that would be, be the best. Or maybe by that time everyone's brains will be connected. And uh, you can just tap into your local library from your brain. Just grab the book. <laughs> I, I, I love the, that the idea that like, we'll be like in the Matrix. But there'll still be a library system. That's, that'd be great. Yeah, I, mean, I don't see it leaving. But... I, 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 it'll be a sad day when libraries leave. That would be it. The human species would have been like, it's, it's worthless now. Yeah, libraries are really old. Like, like, like even throughout history, like, so many libraries, right? It's crazy. Hope you enjoyed the episode of Time Sync. This is Amoldi, logging off. And this is Hamza. Have a great day. Ooh. Just so we were clear, I don't think you, the listener, are a waste of space. Just the species as a whole. So we're all on the same page here. All right, Amoldi. See ya. Beep.